Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I am your host, Mike Luke, joined by, wow, the snazzy John Schuster, the rugged William Brad Alice. I am the uh, torpy Mike Luke. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. Arizona takes care of business. Shoe, I always ask you for the final score, but I got it this time. 97 to 50, if I'm not mistaken. Well, then, okay, I'm not needed. It's good to see you guys tonight. Have a great one. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk Adam Sandler, Frank Caliendo, Kylan Boswell, all kinds of stuff. But to be very clear about something here, um, many times I roast myself on this show because, quite frankly, I deserve to be roasted. There will be no My Bad Boswell uh, movement because unlike the other players like uh, Pella and Gunnar Maldonado, I've always thought Boswell was good. I was frustrated that he wasn't playing better. So there will be no My Bad Boswell movement for all of you people out there asking about it. But um, going into this game, and I tweeted this out, this was the... uh, all I really cared about in this game was getting this guy going. Um, because again, we know that he can, um, we know that he can, we know that he can play. We know that he's a talented dude. This was a really, really good game. I get that. Uh, I get that. Uh, this was not a, a full, uh, Colorado squad, but that Boswell pass, the confidence he played, he's a talented dude. Arizona needs to see more of that, John Schuster. Well, I think these are the types of games, and and uh, Brad, Mike, you and I discussed this uh, after even the stand, the unfortunate Stanford setback, is that because of the way the conference breaks down and, and Arizona's overall talent, there are going to be a number of games le- left on the rest of the schedule where Arizona's going to do things a lot like this. Right. They're going to win games convincingly. They're going to be clearly the better team on the floor. And that's going to give guys who need opportunities to get right, right. And that, I think, has the potential to be very helpful as Arizona tries to gel and gets better into January, February, and uh, the tournament run in March. So two guys who I think clearly benefited from this tonight uh, were Boswell and Crevis. You know, and again, Crevis had a very good outing about a week ago, uh, but a number of his outings have been a little iffy over the course of the last, you know, two, uh, three weeks or so. Uh, But if he can get extra minutes, that's great. And if Boswell can garner confidence and figure out how he's supposed to fit into a system, that bodes well for what Arizona can do from an overall talent standpoint as well. So even though these are kind of sleepers, in terms of what it is you ultimately, you know, from an overall entertainment standpoint, I think they're good potentially for key members of the U of A who need a little extra playing time and can get confidence in matchups like this. William Brad Ellis. You know, I think everyone had skies falling last week, and now everyone thinks Arizona can beat the uh, the Spurs. Um, they're well, not they as can. good as... Well, how yeah, about the Pistons? Because, yeah, they're not as good as they... Uh, were tonight, and part of that is Colorado, but they're not as bad. I mean, I saw people criticizing Arizona's like whole defensive scheme. They were a top what ten defense a week ago before the last couple games. Um, you know, obviously they took advantage of a Colorado team that was depleted, but they had played well without those two guys. Um, but that's still thirty points a game. But they just did kind of everything right tonight, and it, it helped that Colorado, even when they did the right thing, still couldn't knock down shots. Um, but Arizona played super efficient, only took 10 uh, threes, exploited uh, the fact that they only have Lampkin and, and, and some 112-pound kid in, in the middle. <laughs> um, got Boswell going, uh, got Crevis going. And, and I'll tell you this, you know, and, and I know some people are already ready to move Crevis in the starting lineup. He didn't miss his buddies tonight, and that was, that's the key for Crevis. And if Crevis can make... 75% of his shots five feet and in, then he'll be fine because he's about 40% with those shots that he shouldn't be. But it's just a really good night for Arizona to kind of right the ship. Again, I, the one criticism might be Bala went one for seven from the field, but the guy grabbed nine, nine rebounds. So 
just a really good night to get back on. You you pick up a win against a team that, frankly, might still be third or fourth best in the Pac-12, and that's a good win to get, um, even if they are missing their – frankly, let's be honest, their two best players. I think with Bos, yes, yes, there. Um, with Boswell, though, the one thing that I've got, and Ryan Neal, you might have missed early on. There will be no apologies to Kylan Boswell. The Kyle, the apologies only come when somebody is not good or is good that I thought was not good. I've always thought he was good. I wanted him to play better. There will be no apologies. But um, when it comes to uh, uh, Boswell, I want to stick on him for a second here. The one thing about him is that he is a really, really good three-point shooter. And that was the part, I think, that was kind of driving me a little bit up a wall earlier in the season, was that, or earlier in the season, i.e. the last five or six games, is that he was passing up open threes to dribble in and take a 16-footer. We've seen him last year. He shot 40-something percent from three-point range. Um, and this year, he started out hot as well, shooting 50, like 50-something percent as well, that is what I wanted. I, I didn't care if he went over 13. I wanted him to shoot that uh, with uh, with passion. Again, I don't need him to be Mike Bibby, but it, I need him to be an all-conference caliber point guard because that just makes everybody else's life easier. And quite frankly, he's capable of doing it, John Schuster. Yeah, he is capable of doing it. And I think that's probably the overall area of frustration. You know, uh, there are players in the early stages of the Tommy Lloyd campaign who, you know, I think maximize talent at their general at that general position. And you look at Boswell in the equation and say, holy crap, you got a guy with loaded talent. And you want that guy to perform well, know that he can perform well, and he's, you know, clearly struggled a little bit. That said, and it's going to sound odd because obviously Arizona played exceptionally well tonight in the 97-50 victory. I get it. What did Boswell take, about eight three-pointers tonight? Right. And I thought three of them weren't very good shots. Right. So I think there's still a tightrope for what it is that you want him to accomplish. And my guess is that one of the conversations that took place this week was that you have the green light, you're going to be able to shoot. If you have a three-pointer, take it. Eventually, it's going to fall. I suspect that there was a lot of effort behind the scenes to try to build his confidence and give him more of a green light. However, there's still, you know, there there are still shots that you can take at certain times within a possession where you can get a better look. And I think there were times, and, and I think it generally worked out this way. When Boswell took a good three-point shot, he made them. When he took a shot that was a little bit rushed, a little fadeaway, a little cute, uh, pulling up early in the shot clock from maybe a few feet further than he should, those shots didn't go in. Uh, so, so now I think part of the navigation that you're trying to figure out is how to best maximize what it is that he's capable of doing and generally understanding that within the flow of the offense. William Brad Alice. You know, I think it's a give and take because he was four for seven. So if he took four bad shots, he made one and three. And if that gets you in the rhythm, uh, then I, I'm not real, real upset about it. I'll tell you what I was more impressed with he had started to let his poor shooting affect yeah. other parts of his game. Because even in, I think it was the Alabama game, he didn't shoot particularly well. He had five steals. Um, and I think like one turnover. However, the last couple games, what, four or five turnovers, very few assists tonight. I think he was uh, four assists, three steals, no turnovers, played pretty sound defense, which he did not against Stanford. And that's, you know, steals is not always an indication of great defense because you can make three steals and give up 12 buckets. And, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a, a net uh, minus. But tonight I thought he played all around solid game. Was it perfect? No. But you don't need perfect on this team. Uh, I think your analysis, Mike, and I'm going to credit Mike. Next thing you know, I'm going to be complimenting you. He's got to be an all-conference caliber point guard. He doesn't need to be player of the year he doesn't need to be first team all pack 12 but he needs to be a guy when you're talking about the three or four best point guards in the pack 12 that he's in the conversation and if he does that uh this team's going to go really far because you're going to have caleb love who i think is a candidate for player of the year you're going to have uh pella larson who's going to give you that all-around effort um so i think that's what you need out of boswell and i think uh, you know, someone put it up there, consistency. And uh, when he is in a shooting slump, do the other things well. 
All right, let's talk about Krivis then next. This is John Schuster's guy. He's been talking about how he thinks that he could be the real difference uh, going into the uh, later on in the season, going into the postseason as the seven foot two big man. And we've talked about it many times. I don't want to be the guy that speaks for John Schuster, but guess what? The mic is on me, so I will speak for John Schuster. But Shu, joking aside, um, you've said for a while that you thought that Krivis needs to be an impact player for Arizona and that you've been disappointed that he He's been kind of weaned out of the rotation a little bit. What did you see from Krivis today? How is your overall impression of John Schuster? Because if you can do an overall impression of John Schuster, you might as well just well, speak for John Schuster. Well, I'm not Frank Caliendo, that's for sure. Well, yet. Yet. <laughs> and and But I know that when the two of you are in the room, you're the real superstar. And that was uh, probably the case at a uh, location that I heard a rumor about where the two, uh, frankly, the three of you were together at. But uh, that's uh, some, something there. we can get to. We can get to a little later. Uh, what's going on with Krivis, I think, is very understandable. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where now it's up to it's punch, get punched, punch back. And he is in that little transition mode where people have figured out how to defend him. And now he has to do a better job of adjusting a little bit and retaliating appropriately with the skill set that he has. And I think he's able to ultimately do that in a way that's going to help Arizona in pivotal points uh, this year. And he's going to be necessary because you can't go 40 minutes a game with Ballo. You're going to have to go. If, if you have two guys on the inside that are very effective, that's, that's a weapon that a lot of other teams don't have. And then Arizona can maneuver a little bit with a smaller lineup now and again. But it's, it wouldn't be surprising if at some point in the tournament, Ballo gets into foul trouble or has an off game, or Krivas gets into foul trouble and has an off game. And if you have somebody else to balance that on the interior, it certainly helps your chances uh, to move through when somebody's playing a little bit difficult. And that's the situation that I think Arizona has with, uh, generally speaking, its overall depth. So what have the issues been with Krivas? Maybe he hit a little bit of a wall earlier on than anticipated. Maybe playing one game a week in December, as we look back on the schedule, was not something that benefited the Wildcats. Maybe it was that people had video on him. And that video, generally speaking, was when this guy touches the ball, he can't kick it out very quick, quickly. So collapse on him, and he's going to bring the ball down, and you can strip him. And I think those th- a combination of that was probably making things a little bit more difficult. When Krebus came into the program, oddly enough, it was kind of easy. But now that people have video on him, coaches know how to scout him, and the scouting reports work. So now it's up to Krebus to adjust, and I think tonight clearly did a pretty good job, and hopefully he continues to benefit for Arizona as it moves on. Will you brought Alice? Um, let's talk a little bit or let's talk a little bit about Pella Larson because we t- we've been talking about him a little bit all week. Here's where I'm at with Pella as well. I need these kind of performances out of Pella um, because, I, again, I, when when you are a good athlete, when you can finish around the hoop and you can defend to me, that should always travel. It's one thing if you're a Damon Stoudemire and you have to pull up from the cactus or, you know, uh, sometimes you're, you could have a cold shooting game. But Pella, to me, should always be invested in the game, always be interested, and that's what we saw tonight. I need more of this out of Pella Larson. See, I think what the thing you need out of Pella Larson is I think you need him to be the Swiss Army knife. Uh, the Wait, the Swedish Army knife? Um, the, or the Swedish pinball. As, well, no, uh, you need him to fill a role. And right. tonight he picked up a little bit of more scoring. Some nights he can score six and Arizona can win by 30. And some nights he's going to have to score 20. Uh, some nights he's, he rebounded really well tonight, but some nights you need him to play better defense. And if that offense suffers, that's the beauty of Pella Larson. He's one of the few guys who can fill a variety of roles on this team. Ironically enough, I think Boswell is another when he's going well. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is you can never have, if Umar Balo is leading you in scoring and it's not just because he's dunking everything, something's in trouble. Um, you know, if Caleb Love is leaving you an assist, something's in trouble. But if Pella Larson leads you in any of the four or five categories, it's probably because that's what you need. And that's what I like out of Pella Larson. So tonight, I think, what, was he 9 of 12 in the field? Fantastic. And if when Utah comes to town, he has to go 3 of 4 and dish out 6 assists, great. Um, that's the beauty of Pella Larson. And, and I think, you know, he is... Again, he's just a versatile player, probably the team's most versatile player. 
Uh, yes, he is the te- he is the team's most versatile player, and that is somebody that is where my bad comes into play because I didn't think he was good. John Schuster told me many times he is good. That is why John Schuster is known as the venerable one on uh, on here. Um, all right, now let's get to the Desert Financial Credit Union by the numbers. Jacob Franklin, Jacob Franklin, Jacob Franklin. All right, here's the deal. This is presented by the Desert Financial Credit Union, um, uh, Arizona's number one credit union, named by Forbes. Um, uh, let's. See, ah, oh, that's you know, it's the number one credit union. And Forbes is awesome. That's all you need to know. This is called a butt whooping. Fifty-six to thirty-six, fifty-five to twenty-six, nine to four, forty-seven to twenty-seven. Did I get anything right? Did I miss anything here, uh, John Schuster or William Brad Alice? What do we har- What does John Schuster? What does you like to harp on on this show on a fairly consistent basis? Mike rebounding, Luke? rebounding, 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 and Arizona, in addition to a lot of other things, uh, uh, helped themselves clearly in that capacity, especially on the defensive end. If you can limit a team to one shot uh, per possession and cut down on those offensive rebounds for the opposition, then you have a great opportunity to be successful. And Arizona did that along with a number of other very good things tonight. All right. Yes, I would. Now, what do you say? What do you think about that, William? I think I just heard uh, every press conference that Lute Olsen and Sean Miller ever gave. (laughs) (laughs) Rebounding, rebounding. Oh, by the way, to the guy who threw it out there. No, Pella Larson does not go to Circle K. Circle K goes to Pella Larson. That is a great point. You know what? We have a Circle K read. Let's get the Circle K read in right now. All right. Now. John Schuster, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Uh, it's been a while. I drive past a lot of Circle Ks. However, I understand that today, just this evening, at the Grant and Oracle Circle K, Mike Luke, Adam Sandler, and Frank Caliendo were all at the Grant and Oracle Circle K. That's a rumor. I can't verify it, but I've heard it. And now it's your opportunity, Mike, because I, you know, who is, I'm not an impressionist. My shirt might suggest I'm Monet, but I am not an impressionist. And I, and so I don't want to speak for you, but this is your opportunity to let us know whether it is true that Luke Caliendo and Sandler are all all part of the inner circle. The three kings were not there, but I will say this. You can join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right, real quick. Um... Frank Caliendo messages me about (laughs) Frank Caliendo. (laughs) He messages me about, I don't know, about six, seven minutes before the game. I'm getting some Cold Stone Creamery heading back. By the way, have you guys been to Rolly's before? Mexican restaurant on the 12th Avenue? I mean to, and I've heard it's great. I am going there tomorrow. I'm very excited. We will talk about that a little bit later. But anyways, he messages me and he says, uh, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be on with Walton for probably almost all the first half. And he sends me a picture and I said, awesome, I'm going to tweet this out. And he responds back in text and he says, dude, be a professional for once in your life and just sit on this. Didn't know what to say. I'm not a professional. I got excited, but I did want to stay. I did want to say that, though. What a um, journalism professional. I mean, yeah. no, we have, haven't you heard? Mike's not a journalist. I'm not oh, a journalist. No. Uh, no. What a professional. That, that, that was a. That's uh, just uh, ethics that right was, there. High level was, ethics. That was Twitter last week. Mike yeah. Brian Peterson does not view me as a journalist. And you know what? That's more than OK. I got uh, stories. Right. Yes. I, I, I'm more than okay with that, uh, with that opinion from Brian J. Peterson. Uh, but uh, back to the, uh, back to the game though. Um, listen, I would have liked Colorado to have been at full strength. Um, you know, because again, you're missing a lottery pick in Cody Williams. You're missing Tristan De Silva, but you can only play who you can play. Um, again, I think Arizona just needed to get this, just needed to get a very uh, clear and convincing victory with the way that that uh, Stanford game uh, went out there, William, and they were able to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think the biggest you know takeaway from this is it was a get right game. And, you know, do I think the way they played that, would they have played the same tonight with the other two guys in? Not quite, but they're still winning this basketball game. I, right. I think against a full strength Colorado women tougher. Yes. Um, but tonight they, you know, they, I mean, they just shot out of the cannon. I mean, they were up, it's the second, it's like the largest halftime margin victory since like 2005. Um, cause normally run of death comes early second half, midway second half. This one came early. It was no doubt 
frankly, for a while, for the what first 10 minutes of the second half, it was pretty even basketball. I think Arizona right. was up 30 at the 10-minute mark, and then we're up 50 before that desperation three, which really disappointed my son, who really wanted to see uh, uh, a 50-point a win, and then was disappointed they didn't launch a three with 1.5 seconds because he wanted he won the same. Has the U of A football staff been in touch with you about uh, Mr. Uh, the young Tyler Ellis, Brad? You know, let's, let's get him past his first year playing seventh-grade football. But uh, he did attend the Jed Fish camp. Um, so Did he pull him aside with one of those preferred, uh, walk on offers. Yet? Not, not yet. He was one of the small, he was one of the only seventh graders there, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll be hanging out with Kadeem this spring as he is, uh, one of the coaches in Flowing Wells. Little no, Kadeem so. will be hanging out with Tyler Alice. True. Yeah. They're big fans of each other. It's actually pretty, they got a bromance by the way, for okay. real. And, uh, by the way, Kadeem's got like, his kids are awesome. His wife was a D one, uh, softball player at Delaware and their, their kids are just amazing athletes i think his son just won the won a city championship but uh you know rep rep represent flowing wells little league here all right now let's talk uh let's talk now about uh, caleb love he has been somebody that i think I'll, I, I i find more pushback on caleb love than i guess i figured that i would with the way that he's played this season where i'm at with caleb love is this is that he brings it every single game um yes he's not perfect he does some dumb stuff out there i mean you know uh, Mike, what's the pushback you've gotten or come across? The pushback is that it's a little bit uh, of what you and uh, John, Sh it's almost like John Schuster and I are on a subliminal wavelength because this plays right into what you, uh, the thing you've always talked about that you love so much about Tommy Lloyd is that, um, that the free flowing offense, the way that everybody, a lot of people think that Caleb Love kind of brings that one to a halt. What say you, John Schuster? Okay. I, I, I can see a fair amount of that. Right. Uh, and and I think that works in two directions. Uh, it's it may be Caleb's Caleb Love's fault that Arizona perhaps stagnates on the offensive end a lot, at least in the games that they have been uh, more offensively inconsistent. But it's not Caleb's it's not Love's responsibility for everybody else to move around without the ball. Right. So you know they've got to help him too. That works in both ways. It's easy to pick on the guy with the basketball, but if they're watching, then that's a problem as well. So I thought Arizona, and, and to Arizona's credit, I thought they did a much better job moving without the basketball tonight, in addition to a lot of other things that they did. So the offense, obviously, against an overman team looked very good, but there were little things as well that I think we can uh, locate that suggest that this is the type of Arizona team I think we'd prefer to see from an overall offensive standpoint. Understandably, when you score 50 or give up 50 points, you're going to talk good things about the defense. And Arizona's defense at times has been very good this year. And at times it's been god-awful this right. year. Tonight it was obviously uh, very good. When Arizona's defense is good, it allows Arizona to get a lot of open court breaks and make things flow, as, as was the case tonight. But in the half court, when they have to get into those situations, I thought – um, even with love on the floor, there was a lot more ball movement and a lot more moving without the ball. And I think that was helpful. So it's easy to put that on love, but you know, there are four guys on the floor as well. One of them, the center is probably going to prop his way more or less in the middle, but there are three other guys on the perimeter who can, uh, try to be a little bit more active and that's not love's fault. That's on them. Yeah, for sure. What, what say you, Brad? I, I, I honestly think this is best case scenario for love. Uh, he's averaging 70 points a game. You know, I'd like to see him shoot a little bit better than 32% behind the arc. Um, it's a top 10 offense. He doesn't force that many shots, uh, and he makes big shots. Even in the games they lost, Love was the guy hitting shots. Um, so I think if you compare him to a guy like Mark Lyons, I'd much prefer You don't like, like Mark Lyons. I'm, I'm not like Mark well, Lyons. I like Mark Lyons is 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 macho. Cajones player, but he made me yell about four times a game. <laughs> no, I, he may have. Well, he may have got you and I inadvertently fired from the post game show too, because it was right after that season. <laughs> no, there was uh, nothing inadvertent about that. But nevertheless, yeah. Yeah. well, our criticism of Mark Lyons may have uh, led to our demise. But uh, the fact is, I don't say that a lot about Caleb. But yes, occasionally. And it's usually on the same possession he gets the long rebound. I, I've been – he seems to have been the best case scenario because we knew there were going to be times we weren't going to be happy with him. That's just the way he is. Um, Would you rather – let me ask you this. In a vacuum, it's a good, interesting question. Would you rather in a vacuum, all things being equal, let's say you have an above-average talented team. Would you rather have T.J. McConnell or Mark Lyons? T.J. McConnell. And that's because I love 
pass first floor general point guards. See, that, be- that being said, for this team, give me give me Caleb Love because I know he can hit a big shot when it counts. And right. remember, Mark Lyons was on the floor for a couple of times where guys didn't want the ball so much. So, um, but and, and additionally, but, okay, but if you ask me between Lyons, Caleb, like Andrew does here, Lyons, Caleb Love, or Momo Jones, it's it's not even a debate. It's Caleb Love all day. All right, yeah. Now, now, when he goes one for 12 in the uh, Sweet 16, maybe we'll <laughs> have a different conversation. Um, but, uh, you know, so far I have been super pleased with Cable Love. Because, I, again, I knew there would be moments that, that he'd, he'd play hero ball or that he'd do here's my here's, here's where I'm a little bit different, though. I think players like TJ McConnell, and again, he's in the NBA, which so he's totally, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, somebody in the NBA sees the same thing that Brad does in regards to that. Correct, comparison. correct. Correct. So I want to paraphrase that or or paraphrase. I want to preface it by saying that. But the thing that I would, the thing that I would say though, is that TJ McConnell, at least in college felt to me like he was reliant on having good players around him. If, if you put, if you put an average team around him, I don't know how good they're going to be. Whereas I think if you have a Mark Wyans or a Caleb Love, they're going to be better with average talent around them. Now you could say, well, Mike, he had good talent around him, and that would be a very fair point there, William Brett Ellis. Although, okay, so who would you like the last two years? Give me give me Mark, uh, give me TJ on those two teams. Uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you know but what? I mean TJ how, or Kirk Carissa. Come on, come on. How yeah. about this? Uh uh since 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 we're in uh alternate universe comparison mode, how about uh give me Tommy Lloyd coaching McConnell as opposed to Sean Miller? Uh that's I, fair. I think, that, yeah, that's and, fair. because then you've got a oh, point the, guard who maybe four, can what is the 14 team average with Tommy? Oh, exactly. yeah. right. I mean you know, 100, 100 points a lot. Right. Because they, because they play a lot more like this team does, yeah. where they utilize that defense to get into offensive flows. But in the half court, you know, they, they run some good stuff that I think McConnell could have been very successful with. The one thing um, about McConnell, real quick, and then I'll, I'll shoot, you got the floor. The only no problem, yes, TJ, or, TJ was better. TJ McConnell was better. I get all of that. But with Lions, teams also dared TJ McConnell to shoot. Teams dared to, uh, when you go into a game and they're daring somebody to shoot your set shot, and he also couldn't shoot free throws. Mark Lyons at the end of the games. Say what you want. Mark Lyons was a monster at end of games. He was, that was something that McConnell couldn't do. I'm a little bit more biased towards that, but I'm also probably wrong. Go ahead, John. No, not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, they all, they all did some really good things at Arizona. And I think we're all hopeful that given the way that things are now and what we know that Lyons and McConnell, you know, uh, contributed to the program that love is in a position that he can where he can contribute Arizona a little bit more and play a role in getting Arizona deeper into the tournament that would be that would be great at which point you know they all we remember all of them fondly and hopefully love a little bit more fondly because he still has that opportunity one thing I wanted to address that Brad talked about though a little bit more in depth and something I'm a little bit curious about as this season moves along Brad talks about Arizona being a quote-unquote top 10 offense. But I'm not convinced Arizona is a top 10 offense against top 10 teams. And that is an area where I would like to see them be a little bit more perhaps consistent or a little bit more tested. Maybe just as accurately, they're not a top 10 defense against top 10 offenses. And that's perhaps the area where they really need to excel. I yeah. would be. I, I'm actually far more concerned because defensively, I think they're top 25. But we have seen against, well, in their three losses, they got torched. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in their three losses, the offense was pretty darn good against FAU. Not good at all against were they, Stanford. Were they against FAU? They scored 74 in regulation. Yeah, That's but they're not great. I, no, it's not I mean, great, and it wasn't. Know. They, it wasn't uh, like it wasn't awful. Whereas, and again, the Purdue numbers were good, and Stanford they put up eighty-two in a game that was a rout. But but I thought they were really poor offensively against Stanford. I think they just kind of took advantage of of, of Stanford, kind of coasted and so, just looking. So yeah, my my point is I'm far more concerned about the defense than the offense. But you know, I'm you don't have enough guys who are automatic scorers on this team because again we've mentioned this boswell can disappear pella can disappear balo disappears frequently uh the only guy that doesn't disappear is caleb love and sometimes he has to take 20 shots to get 10 points um so yeah so that's wrong with that but 
I'm far more concerned with them getting torched by, and again, I know by John L. Davis. Good, not great players um, on, on a good basketball team in March. And, you know, because again, they got torched by Purdue. They got torched by Stanford. You know, FAU was, again, a little bit different. That was kind of going back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, they struggled with some perimeter guys there. It was more driving into the lane of the three-point shots. But, yeah, so I'm more concerned about the defense than the offense. Um, but n- as good as Arizona is, neither is automatic. All right. Now, well, uh, let's see here. I think it was uh, Tyler Broker said, um, uh, he said, why didn't you guys talk about uh, Crevis? We almost led with Crevis. That's why you got to be here at the beginning of the show, can, my guy. Can, can I give – I'd like to go to the commenters because they do this every time I'm on the show. Do it. Have you talked – why didn't you talk about – Why don't? and we always have. Yeah, Shouldn't I, the question be, did you guys mention Crevis yet? Did you guys mention Basel yet? Because last week time we did this show, they did the same thing. Like, you didn't mention – so. We talked about it for 10 minutes. Yes. Um, yes. You guys, so if the- you're not here from the start and about 10 people were, so congratulations, <laughs> you guys are awesome. And I'm not saying the people come in late aren't awesome. Maybe game traffic. I don't know. But you maybe should they're phrase it. We should play Jeopardy. You should phrase it as a question. Have you guys mentioned Crevis yet? And we could say yes. Have you got, now someone says, have you mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, Bradley kind of looks like uh, Solomon Hill with the haircut? I would say, no, we have it. Or have, has anyone mentioned Philly B yet? No, we have it. Uh, so, yeah, we talked at length about Crevis, and then we had the debate whether some people think Crevis should start. I'm really happy he's making bunnies. Uh, Shu thinks he's the greatest European big man since Arvita Sabonis. And um, Mike can't wait for uh, Caliendo to do the impersonation of Crevis. All right. Now, you know what else I can't play? All right. Oh, geez, my friends. Oh, geez. All right. Maybe you're like William Brad Alice and you can't sleep. You got a bunch of rugrats running around the house. You're being a good father. And you say to yourself, man, I need some sleep while the kids are out. Oh, geez is here. Check it out again. Um, where is this read? Uh, just went away. Oh, there it is. To learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to OG's brands. They got the fruits, the creams, the mouth-watering pig raspberry. That sounds fantastic. Check it out again. Uh, uh, OG's and some burros. Have you guys had some burros? I believe it's a Phoenix. No, because it's in Phoenix. Brad has. I have. Has. See, Brad has. Of course, Brad. I'm has. pretty. I'm pretty sure it's actually. Connected to a Circle K in Mesa. Is it really? Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a Simburros and it's 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 tasty. Shoo, you would rather shoo, you uh your people are in Mesa. Why would you not go there at some point to get a Simburro? <laughs> Me and my people. Yes. Well, you know, uh, I, I think there's uh you know, it doesn't mean that it isn't on. See, Mike, you have to anticipate life is about anticipation. Sure. And you sound if like Bill Walton right now. Has been done, I, I, then then what's the point in moving forward? So it sounds like this is a 2024 resolution that needs to be accomplished. All Tell right, yes. More. All right, yeah. Jim, all here's all you got to know about some burros. Let them cater all your holiday fiestas. And when you think of catering, mm-hmm. catering when I think of the holidays, parties, I think of MLK. But you also think of John Schuster. When you think of catering big parties, when you think of the man that is putting all of those together, that loves being around a group of people, mm-hmm. check it. John Schuster is your man, That's- big or small. Order online or find one near you by visiting someburros.com. Seasons Eatings Ooh. with some burros. Do you get it? I do. I, I and I bet that some burros could also cater uh, the Luke Caliendo Sandler extravaganza at the Circle K at Grand and Oracle as part of a an, an inner circle perk. We need to talk about Adam Sandler for a second. I've heard this from people. I have never met Adam Sandler. He doesn't hang out in my group of people. Yeah, because you only like impressionist comedians. That's not, true. Yeah, not, that's uh, true. not B movie that, uh, comedians. That's true. But I have heard. From uh, heard, um, heard through the grapevine that Adam Sandler is one of the coolest people like that you'll ever that you'll ever hear, uh, you'll ever see. Schuster, you're actually joking aside. You you pay attention to movies and films a lot and whatnot. But Adam Sandler, watching him play out there with the uh, uh, with the team managers. He just looked like he was having a, a lot of fun. You'll see candid photos that somebody takes where like Adam Sandler's just talking with some random person at the park. Seems like a really good dude. Yeah, my understanding is that Sandler has been in Tucson a lot the couple uh the last couple months for something related to uh a a, a 
a distant family member health issue. So mm. I'm hopeful that, you know, obviously we're all hopeful that things are working out uh, in that conflict. But all you have to do, you know, in the simple version is there has been a, a fair amount of social media upon his visits in Tucson and they've all been positive experiences. So when he's out at a restaurant, he's uh, very open. You can, I, I think you can tell by, you know, his films. Whether you necessarily think they're critical masterpieces or not, at this stage is almost secondary to the fact that you see a um, a group, the, the the same group of guy and, and and actors in his film, and probably crew behind the scenes too, which suggests to me that you know here's a guy who's having fun and putting friends that he likes to spend time with. Uh, in those movies. So he's making work kind of a plaything as well. And, uh, you, you know, I think as you have mentioned, and uh, I think a lot of other people can attest to uh, what he has, him, what he has become, I think, is uh, a very positive contribution, whether he's behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. And in the process, while he's here, even if he isn't necessarily here for the best reasons all the time, uh, if if he's willing to be adopted by the University of Arizona basketball team that, and basketball fans in general, I think uh, the Cats are more than happy to have him. I think at this day and age, Brad, where celebrities view themselves as way too important, uh, way too uh, – he, he, he seems like just kind of a down-to-earth guy. And I think that's a really underrated aspect in today's society. Well, I think we you know, first look at the way he dresses. He dresses, I mean, he dresses that was like, great. Did you see that shoe? How yes, he but, but he always dresses like that. He yeah. dresses, and there is a real dresses good, like shoe. There's a real, I think it's an Instagram account. Um, shall we say it's either, well, I'll just it's lesbian or Adam Sandler, and they blur out the face. Right. Um, but here's a guy who's married to the same woman for like 30 years, who again, you mentioned shoe, the same group of guys in all his movies. Um, so, yeah, by all accounts. So that probably means he has su some super deep, dark secret. But I do think it's interesting. If anyone remembers the early days of MTV, one of the first shows was a show called Remote Control. And the three character actors on Remote and it was a game show, but they would come out in character. It was Dennis Leary, Adam Sandler, and uh, Colin Quinn, who all kind of made it in different ways. But they're all guys who love sports and all guys who still kind of rep their hometown. Sandler and uh, as a New York guy, I think Leary and Quinn are Boston guys. So it's just kind of interesting that that the three guys who were on this really low budget game show uh, all kind of, you know, some made it more than others. Uh, obviously, Sandler's uh, uh, probably close to what got to be worth 75. 750 million or something from all those crap. He's got movies. John Schuster money. He's got Schuster money and Schuster clothing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's cool. And you know, that's the one thing that's really cool about Arizona basketball over the years we've seen, and granted his son was on the staff, but we've seen Bill Murray there. We've seen, um, you know, members of the Diamondbacks there. We've seen pro golfers there. Not, not just the Terry Francona's of the world, but some, you know, some fairly large stars, the Frank Caliendo's of the world who, you know, may not be as big as he was in his heyday, but still a pretty big time comedian. And that's cool to see, to know that, you know, it's, I, I'm not sure if, you know, Adam Sandler had a sister in Pullman, Washington, he's going to a Washington state game and playing with the managers there. Yeah. So again, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out because it is pretty cool to just see somebody like that. That is such a, universally renowned name that I think just kind of understands that life, you know, you ain't that cool. We're all just kind of the same people. I'll also say that Kelly Endo is kind of the same. This is a Sch Schuster saw this, and this this is a, this is more of a reflection on Kelly Endo than it is me. But Kelly Endo just wanted to talk basketball with me backstage for like thirty minutes. That's all he wanted to do. I'm guessing if we ran into Sandler, he he'd want to talk. He's a big like Knicks fan. I know he's yeah. a big New York sports guy, but he right. loves basketball. So. Right. The same thing you saw him do with the managers, you'll see him. He, he has, I think he, you've seen him play pickup like at, at some of the parks in New York. I've seen him. I know he has like a hoop on set. I mean, he's just a kind of a big basketball guy. And we have a chance to play at an arena like McHale. Uh, I think right. you're going to do it. All right. We'll get back to the, yeah, fair enough, David. We'll get back to the game. Um, all right. So Arizona destroyed uh, Colorado uh, 1,000 to 13. <laughs> this is shaping up to be an interesting race um, because, or an interesting conference race, because here's what we know at this point. UCLA is awful. This is one of the worst UCLA teams that I've seen in 
forever. They're, they could easily have a losing record in conference. They got worked uh, by Stanford yesterday, 59 to 53 in front of 13 people at Pauley Pavilion. Then US- the same amount of points that Colorado scored tonight, apparently, according to Mike Luke scoring. Correct. Correct. Yes. Now, US- <laughs> USC stinks as well. Um, Colorado, if they get their players back, they're they're not bad. ASU, no matter what Jacob Franklin says, I think they're scrappy. I don't see them sustaining. Uh, the one team that I think people got to keep an eye on right now is Oregon. Oregon is now 3-0 and in conference. Oregon is going to be getting back their uh, best big man uh, in Folly Dante, uh, supposedly in two weeks. Uh, Nate Biddle, their five-star big man, is coming back the week after that. Um, Oregon is... Oregon is the one team that I'm looking at in the conference now. And I'm like, all right, all right. That could be the, that could be the one. You have a slight surprise in Utah as well. That has played very, uh, that, that that's played good basketball, but you know, are that, is that going to catch up to them? Probably. Uh, so just from an overall talent standpoint, I think Oregon is the second best talent in this league. I think Washington's decent as well. Uh, so there's a fair amount of pretty good, uh, Oregon's probably better than pretty good, but I think Arizona's the best team in this league and For still sure. should be in a position where it wins this conference pretty consistently. How, with that pretty in consistently. mind, consistently, uh, I guess I was convincingly say, keep, would be the better word. Keep consistently uh, with, going. Yes. With, with that in mind, one wonders if Arizona's biggest competitor in this conference isn't going to be Oregon or Washington or Utah but whether it's ultimately going to be Arizona. How so? And, uh, and, well, I think we saw it at Stanford. And I'm curious what happens in the Utah game. Between Stanford and Colorado, Colorado not at full strength notwithstanding, the, the theme for Arizona is you're terrible at defense, you're terrible at defense, you're terrible at defense, you're terrible at defense, you can't play defense, you're terrible at defense. Can you so by me again? Uh, you're terrible at defense, you're terrible at defense, and you're terrible at defense. By the way, did I mention that you're terrible at defense? I think that's 10 times. My Hold on. You're terrible at defense. You're terrible at defense. You're terrible at defense. Your favorite number, just like Taylor Swift, is 13. So I figured I'd mention that 13 times. You're a Swifty. Wear the wristbands. Okay. All of that aside, so for four or five days, not 13 days, but four or five days, all they've heard is that. And, you know, it gets annoying when the coaches tell you this over and over and they're crushing you in practice because you deserve to be crushed in practice because you were terrible in a game at Stanford. Uh, For whatever reason, you were terrible at Stanford. But my concern is that when you go out and listen to what the coaching staff says and, and, and crush a team by 47 and it's boring again, how difficult is it going to be to fall into bad habits one more time? And so I think the coaching staff still has a fair amount of work ahead of them to keep this team focused on the job at hand and realize in the process that there are teams out there that are going to want to, uh, you're going to be the target. Arizona, the program as a whole, is used to being the target. Uh, But some of these players need to come out on a consistent basis and, and get that kind of habit entrenched because they're going to have to play that way when it really matters come tournament time. I'd agree with that, Brad. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, I think, you know, you look at it right now, there are a couple teams ahead of Arizona standings. It really feels like it's going to be a two-team race with with Oregon and Arizona. I just don't know how, again, I agree with you, how long Utah. We've already seen Washington, who came into Pac-12 play looking pretty good. They're 0-3 all of a sudden, um, which is bizarre, because they looked kind of good coming into the Pac-12. You know, again, can ASU maintain it? I, I don't think so. Uh, do I think that if one team is going to get hot that's in the middle of the pack, it might be uh, USC, but they haven't done it all year. They've been inconsistent. So, yeah, Colorado will be up there as well. I don't want to dismiss them, but um, it's an interesting league because I really thought it was going to be Arizona, Colorado, USC, and no, maybe Oregon. And Oregon looks really, really good, and you're right. They're going to get better. Um, but at the end of the day, I still think Arizona is clearly the yeah. most talented team. And so I think there's a lot of validity to what she was saying that a lot of it's going to be how Arizona reacts. You know, how is it when you're playing, you know, that that random Thursday night game? And I don't have a look at the schedule. So at a Pullman, at a, at a Corvallis, at, you know, maybe it's L.A. And, you know, there there is 13 people in the stands at Poly or 27 people in the Galen Center because they just don't care. Um because here's the thing, you've already stubbed your toe once. 
right. against a team that's going to finish in the bottom third of the conference. Um, so you can't really afford to do that too many times because you just don't know. If Oregon's legit, then they may not stub their toe because that's the one thing they don't do it often when they have legit teams. You know, Colorado, when they get to full strength. Um, so, yeah, you've got to avoid letdowns. And the good news is we've only seen it once this season because when they do play bad teams, they beat the hell out of them um, for the most part. Uh, so let's see what they do. You know, again, Purdue's a really, really, really good basketball team, and FAU is a pretty darn good team. Um, but you gotta, you get, you, you can't stub your toe against inferior talent. You, you, you know, and you can't lose. You gotta still win more than you lose against the top teams. All right, now BetMGM. You might say, Mike, where can I bet on all of this? Thanks for asking. BetMGM. That's where it's at. Again, check it out. BetMGM Sportsbook, my friends. Sign up for BetMGM now. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses, uh, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for full details. Again, back the A and back the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the description. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, now. Uh, before we sign off, we got Arizona, Utah. All I want Arizona to do is continue to keep this rolling. And the other thing too, all the individual players we talked about, whether it's Boswell, whether it's Larson, Keyshaw Johnson, keep it going. Cause again, these are games that you should win John Schuster. Yeah. And I think some folks also mentioned that Johnson played a good game. And I think that, 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 that was a good thing and the injury. It doesn't look all that serious. He was back in the second half. So, so that's, uh, an, another good thing for, uh, Arizona overall. One of the things that Arizona has done very well this year is crush competition at McHale. So uh, while they have struggled over the course of the last few weekends here, I think there's reason to believe that with the crowd behind them, uh, they'll have an opportunity to do good things once again uh, over the weekend. Brad, close it off. Be the Mariano Rivera, the 5-7 version of it. You give me uh, an inch there. That thank you, Mike. You know, again, let's. They need to build, just build on what they did tonight. They're obviously probably not. <laughs> <Wow>. gonna, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Probably not going to win by fifty or forty-seven, but uh, go out, uh, handle your business, and uh, you know, put down a, a good Utah team. Utah has played well this season. I think they've they've got their two losses, and uh, then and. Start building. I think someone over there said it again. Stack those W's. You know, get get several in a row and, and get the confidence back and uh, continue to play good, hard basketball. And uh, then the next time there's a bump in the road, maybe you you overcome it. Andrew, I am not going to Del Taco tonight, but if anybody is curious about what I'm going to be eating tomorrow, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm going to probably get Rollies tomorrow. Again, heard many, many good things about it. And then I probably will get Urban Pita in the evening. I got Urban Pita the other day, and it's very scrumptious. John Schuster, what were you thinking right there? You have a calendar for your food schedule? Yeah, I like thinking ahead. I get excited. Mike, have you ever cooked? Um, no, I don't need to cook because there's stuff for me. Um, oh, I'll take the, oh, Andrew, I got, the, I'll, I'll take yeah, his own personal chef, Brad. Dude. Yeah. Why? I, Brad, I pay money to these chefs to cook for me, by the way. I'm, I'm shocked. You, you don't, I thought you only went to fast food places. I'm shocked that you wouldn't even know of these local restaurants. And, no, and these are all, but they're fast food, local restaurants. I'm very pleased. Yeah. Urban but, uh, yeah, yeah, Ur- I guess have so. you been to urban Pita? Have you guys been there before? I have not. Have you, John Schuster? Which one is that one? It's on Congress, right by like. Oh, uh, probably not. If yeah, it's on Congress, probably not. Or like, or the, it's right by that like parking garage. It's okay. Been there forever. Okay. Okay. But, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm driven past right there, and I haven't I've been, been past it at least as often as I drive past Circle Case. You should you should check it out. It's very good. Also, I got a question for you. Mm, um, for me or for both, both, uh, of uh, both of us? All right. So Kyle Dodd is coming on tomorrow to talk Arizona basketball. Is he fantastic? Yeah, we like. I actually, uh, Good buddy Kyle. My buddy Kyle. How is Kyle doing? Where I hope is, Kyle had a good holiday. Where does Kyle rank amongst uh, uh, 
people that U of A fans don't like? I think this is probably a better question for Brad than for me, but I would probably, I will uh, throw the softball to Brad and suggest that he's in the top 10. I would say he's definitely top three or four of ASU players, but I'm not sure he cracks the top 10 because I think UCLA probably occupies eight or nine of those spaces. Is he at the top for UCLA or ASU players though? I remember he was really, and I like Kyle Dodd, but he was really, he was really you like Kyle Dodd because Kyle Dodd gave you crap. I want to say that it's true. <laughs> I think people remember Kyle Dodd uh, because of the Kevin Parham incident. Um, no, it wasn't Kevin Parham. It was that that was uh, it was Luke Walton. Luke Walton Wild- was yeah, way yeah, before yeah, him. Yeah, 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 you're right. The the Luke Kevin Parham and Kevin Parham and Luke Walton very often confused for each other. No, but there was uh, I forget then the guy who Parham just got in the uh, face. Ty Abbott for doing something. Yeah, it was a similar action. But I want to say people probably dislike Harden and and Headache maybe more. Uh, who was the guard that everyone thought was going to Arizona, but they took Dick Johnson instead? But he threw down that one. They, they upset the 14 team. My guess is, but I think they remember Dodd more. But right. I think if you actually talk about guys who had a bigger impact, they might take those guys. I think they, up there. Dodd, I think they remember Dodd more only because Mike Luke and Kyle Dodd are best buddies now. Yeah. And uh, they do broadcasts on a fairly consistent basis. But, is it, but didn't Dodd do one of the best things for Arizona as well? Didn't he give Arizona Kyle Fogg? He did give Arizona Kyle Fogg. So, so, I mean, that's a good thing. I will. He does have a very funny line, though, when he says that uh, uh, he and Eddie House against Cal combined for 63 points. <laughs> Granted, Eddie House had 61 of those, but who really cares? Um, but on that note, uh, no, I like Kyle Dodd. Uh, Wrigley, uh, Wrigley Maddox Lute Addison. That's a great name, by the way. By the way, um, I have had two, two of those are names of dogs I have had. Uh, Maddox? No, Wrigley and Addison. Wrigley and Addison. All right. Well, on that note, sounds like a disease as well, the Wrigley Addison syndrome. But um, on that note, for John Schuster, Brad Alice, the rugged Brad Alice, um, the uh, hmm, the meticulous John Schuster. I am merely Mike Luke, Jacob Franklin, watching ASU hopefully lose. We'll be back with you tomorrow with Kyle Dodd and oh, Brad, you want to come on the post game on Saturday? Uh, that should work. All right, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.